Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. We're in our series called The Invisible War. And in this series, we're talking about this this, this part of spiritual warfare, actually, it, it stretches our Western way of thinking. We, we've been maybe discipled by culture, been taught that every, you know, what you see is what you get. There's this idea of a, an unseen realm kind of sounds so middle ages to some people, but the, the Bible speaks very clearly to this. And we've been talking about that, talk about the necessity of wearing the armor of God. Uh, talk about, the, the last week we talked about the, that we want to live a foothold free life looked at Ephesians 4 and talked about how the enemy would love to get a foothold in our lives. And I'm just going to pick up from where we left off last week and talk about this whole subject. It's a touchy subject. It's one we don't talk about much, but this whole idea of, of demonization. I, I prefer the word, using the word demonization versus demon-possessed because that possession makes sounds like ownership. Demonization, I think, captures the essence of what's going on. It's a harassment, this, this, uh, this way of kind of holding people back from the abundant life that Christ has for them. So we're going we're to keep going on that topic uh, this morning. A lot of years ago, when Trina and our, and my, our, our kids were, I mean, they were young, and we had, we had four kids, six years old and younger, and life in our house was um, at times chaotic. And one, it was one uh, afternoon, Trina and I were like, man, something doesn't smell right in this house. Uh, which wasn't an unusual experience in our house. It can be like a, a, a baby diaper didn't make it to the garbage can or, you know, just, just something. There was maybe some food left out somewhere. So we kind of went on this search and looking around for what, this, what the source of the smell. We couldn't find it. The next day we wake up and this, this smell is still there. And so we go on a search again. We're looking for the source of the smell. We, we can't find it. Day three... This smell, you ever have those experiences? Ah, it just go away. It was not going away. It was gaining momentum. And it was starting to like intensify. The smell was intensifying. And we're like, man, there's something bad in the house. And, um, and then it, just, it got to the point where like, we're, we're praying no one comes over to visit because it's smelling that awful. And it was Trina who discovered what the source of the smell was. I had been out uh, fishing a couple weeks earlier I haven't even got to the part of the street already groaning. <laughs> we, my buddies and I caught all these salmon and we filleted them and I kept the carcasses. Here's why. I kept the carcasses and I buried them. We had a pretty large garden in the backyard. I buried a salmon carcass under each of the tomato plants. My father-in-law had taught me this. It catalyzes the growth of tomatoes. Uh, so I, I did it. And we were out in the backyard and Trina noticed that something has dug up all these carcasses from underneath the tomato plants. The something's actually a family of skunks. A family of skunks has dug up the salmon carcasses and they have drugged them underneath our house. I mean, it smells bad in our house. Um, you know, skunks plus rotting carcasses of salmon equals not, not good. It was, it was really a bad smell. So we know that we have to get in the crawl space of the house and get the salmon carcasses out. I, I was trying to tell Trina this would be a fantastic experience for her to go down there, <laughs> get the fish out. She wasn't buying it. So we, we, we picked an afternoon. Now, here's the tricky thing. You got to go down there when the skunks are not there because that would be awful, right? So... I, we lift up the crawl space door. It's pretty small. You have to go in head first. So I have got a shotgun in one hand. 
and I've got a flashlight in my mouth and I'm, I'm looking and I'm scouring around and, and fortunately, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pepe Le Pew are not home and we, I get down in the crawl space and I shine my flashlight under, underneath the house and I spot a salmon carcass and it is alive. Not like, you know, flopping alive. It is like, it's infested with maggots. I mean, it is just crawling. We'll go out for hamburgers after, after church. It'll be great. <laughs> These salmon carcasses, I mean, it is so disgusting. I can stand most, and this was so, I was gagging. I'm, I'm pulling out salmon carcass by salmon carcass underneath the house. I get seven out. I can't find the eighth one. I don't want to find the eighth one. And I get it out, and, uh, and I'm thinking, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's just one little car- salmon carcass. And Tree's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you, you, you find that salmon carcass. And I'm telling her, I'm looking everywhere for it. And she says, she has a pretty strong sense of smell. She actually gets over to this corner of the house. She says, it's right under here. I would just thump my heel. You follow the sound. It'll be right here. I go back in the house underneath and sure enough right under where she's thumping is that last salmon carcass and I get it out and in about about two days the, the, the house, the aroma in the house shifts uh, to a, a much more pleasant smell. Now this is exactly what the enemy does. The enemy, what the enemy does, see that skunk family didn't need access to the whole house. It didn't need like, to get into the living room. It didn't need access to the kitchen. It didn't, need, it didn't need any, all it needed was just a little bit of real estate and then it can make the house unlivable where you just can't take it anymore. So, so he, does, he just kind of works his way in, gets a little foothold and he grows it into a stronghold and he stinks up the house. And what I want to do today is that remind us that, remember Jesus, last week I read a couple stories in the Gospels, Jesus is in the synagogue and, uh, and he's preaching, he's teaching, and there's this man who stands up and he, his house stinks because the enemy has, has, has demonized him and he actually stands up, he, he's in church, we said last week, evil spirits are comfortable in church, he stands up. And, and says, we know who you are. Why are you interfe- interfering with us? We know you're the Holy One of God. And Jesus cuts him off and, and casts that spirit out. A- another story in the synagogue we, re- we read uh, in, in the scriptures last week of a woman who's bent over for 18 years. 18 years she's bent over. And, and Jesus, he goes and he deals with the actual source of that physical issue that she's dealing with. And, and, and recognizes it's, it's, it's an evil spirit. This is challenging for us because what we see, we see a physical problem. We think there's a, there's a physical root to it, but sometimes, not all the time, sometimes what's happening in the physical is actually connected to something that's going on in the spiritual, spiritual realm. So Jesus heals this woman and she has had to endure for 18 years this horrible oppression from the evil one that manifests itself in a bent back. This is exactly what the enemy would love to do. Just get a little access point, get in there, get a foothold, grow it into a stronghold, and and stink up the house. Make it miserable, make it unlivable, make it awful for us. And so what I want to do today is I want to tackle three questions. Number one, how does that happen? What are the the ways that someone could end up being demonized? And, And we'll talk about that. And then what are some clues as to what it might look like? Because sometimes it's very subtle. The, the obvious ones, they're obvious. But what, what could it look like when, if there's something going on? How's it happen? What could it look like? And, and really what I want to spend most of my time is how do we find freedom? 
What is that pathway to freedom uh, for us? So I just want to begin with the, 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 just how does it happen? And um, really there's two broad categories that I put this under. Last, last week I kind of touched on this, but the first way is it's, it's voluntary. And I made a list here. It's not an exhaustive list, but sometimes we are the one who opens up the door. We are the one who gives access to the evil one to come and stink up the house. And so some examples of this, involvement in the occult or cults or false religions, seeing a psychic or mediums, oaths or blood covenants, unconfessed personal sin. Ephesians 4, we talked about that last week. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let Satan get a foothold. So unconfessed personal sin, unforgiveness, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We don't want Satan to outwit us. Um, and then uh, sex outside of marriage or, or extramarital affairs, that opens the door. 1 Corinthians 6, we'll give you some information about that. Inviting any spirit other than the Holy Spirit to fill you. Long-term sin, and what I mean by that is just habitual sin in the sense that ah, it's not that big of a deal, God will forgive me, um, he, he always forgives me. It's sort of winking at sin, and what happens is over time, that opens the door for the evil one to come in and, and stink up the house. Now, that, that's not an exhaustive list. list. We'll leave it there. And let me just tell you, because we're going to have a few more slides than normal this morning. And I want you to know that tomorrow, if you go to our app, you, go to app, you, you can actually get all these slides on our app. Or if you go to our live stream uh, page, uh, livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance, you, all, the, all the talks there are on video. You can go back and you can get all this information. But feel free to take notes, but I want you to know that these slides are accessible for you. So a major category is sometimes it's us who opens the door. And we talked a lot about that last week. But the second category is actually it's involuntary. It's not something you do, it's something done to you. And here's, here's four major categories of what that, what, what that could look like. Um, there's generational sin. Here's what, I mean, here's what I mean by that. Have you noticed that if you go to, maybe you move to a new city or new town or your doctor retires and you've got to find a new doc, um, you, you get a bunch of forms, you get a bunch of paperwork and, and some of that paperwork has to do with your personal, your family history as it comes to physical health. The questions that are asked is, you know, what are some of the things that your mom and dad struggled with health-wise? Uh, did your dad have heart issues? Did your mom get cancer? Uh, how about your grandparents? How about your siblings? Now, now, why would a doctor want that kind of information? Because if your parents or your siblings or your grandparents or great-grandparents have this, this seems like there's this pattern going on of, of this, these health issues, your doctor wants to keep an eye out for the, the developing in you. So, so there's gonna be some extra precaution taken to make sure that that heart issue doesn't impact you or we can kind of keep an eye on a potential uh, cancer issue that might pop out. If that's true in the physical realm, how much more would it be true in the spiritual realm? That some of the things that your dad, your mom, your siblings, your grandparents struggle with, could it be that you're struggling with those same things as well? In fact, some of you in the room, you grew up saying, man, when I'm an adult, I will never do that. It drove me nuts when my dad did that. I couldn't stand it when my mom talked like that. And then you grow up and you go, I'm doing the exact same thing my parents did. I can't believe this. It's a generational pattern. So that, that sometimes is a way that the, the enemy gets access to our, to our lives. Curses. The, the writer of Proverbs says that the, the power of life and death is held in the tongue. 
And so you can say things. You can speak words of life to somebody and it encourages them and it helps them. Or you can actually speak words of death to someone. It's like a dad saying to his son, you're never gonna amount to anything. And, and that takes a root. I was talking to someone last week, 40 years old. They're telling about how the, their dad never said that they were proud, of, they could never do enough to earn the favor from their father. And at 40 years old, and they're still chasing the, the acceptance of a father. Words are powerful. And in the spiritual realm, words are powerful. And sometimes the attacks come because the evil one, his strategies and his assignments are to take down uh, things that are advancing the kingdom of God. Now, I want to read to you briefly a newsletter that we got from one of our missionaries in Cambodia. Uh, Joe and Kay Kong, some of you don't know Joe and Kay, they're in Cambodia, and Joe sent a newsletter out this, this past week to people who pray uh, for them and, and, and give, and uh, here, here's what his newsletter said. It begins with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, a verse we talked about early on in this series. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We ask for your prayers for the gospel's continued advance in Cambodia. Christ's church is experiencing some very real attacks, particularly against key younger leaders. May 19th. We had a service of installation for a 27-year-old man to lead the next generation church in Phnom Penh. May 20, next day, he drowned at a waterfall. One of his friends who was there when he fell said that although there was no one around him, it appeared like he was pushed. June 24, a leader from one of our churches in the north was walking his cattle home in the evening and was bitten and killed by a poisonous snake. Next day, June 25, one of our Bible school graduates who lives in the far north was involved in a motorcycle accident. Our most recent report is that he remains unconscious and has been taken to Vietnam for treatment. There's something going on here. And what Joe and Kay are saying is that we, we need prayer coverage because the, the invisible war is real. And friends, it doesn't just happen in Cambodia. It happens here in the good old USA as well. But it's, sometimes it's much more subtle. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Trina and I were pastoring a church up in Kelso, Washington. And um, I, I, I get to church early and pray around the church building and um, pray through the church. And as I was praying around the church building, I got to the front door of the church. I noticed something was on the door. And there was uh, a, a chicken had been butchered at the front door. The blood of the chicken had been wiped on the front door. And there were... There were pieces of paper that were applied to the front of the door that, and I'll just say they, they weren't blessings and it's like that, that happened in America it, it happens all over the place because we're at war the, the enemy doesn't want, want you to think we're at war but we, we're involved in invisible war and sometimes, sometimes we open the door sometimes it's something done to us and sometimes it comes in the, in the form of curses trauma you witness something horrific you see something, uh, an accident, or maybe uh, you witness a murder, or uh, you, you, it's just a traumatic, maybe, maybe you were raped. And that moment has been a moment that's just, it's been an awful memory for you. And not only has it been an awful memory, it's, it's cracked the door for the enemy, enemy to come in and just and bring fear and bring terror and dread there's nothing you did. You did nothing wrong. The wrong was done to you. 
And that's an example of trauma. Abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse are always at the enemy. See, he will go to any end. He will steal, kill, and destroy. He will go to any end to rob you of the abundant life that Christ has made available for you to, to enjoy and live. So those, again, this is not an exhaustive list, but there's some examples of how does this happen? We don't know the details behind the woman who was bent over for 18 years. We don't know the details of the man who lived in a cemetery that was, that was demonized by a legion of demons. We don't know the story of the man who stood up in the synagogue. But somewhere along the way, that this, something happened. The, the boy who throws himself in the fire, the, the dad is crying out saying, that I, I, help me with my unbelief, Jesus. But the chances are voluntary or involuntary, the enemy finds his way in. So which leads us to the second question is, and then what are some symptoms? What are some ways that we could say, okay, there may be something going on here? And I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I'm just going to give you some examples of what this could look like. Um, uh, it, it can look like uncontrollable compulsions. Bless you. It can look like uncontrollable compulsions of just, I, I've got to have this. It's a lust. And I'm, it's not just sexual lust. Well, it's a strong desire for something. It, it can appear like a mystery physical illness. Or it can appear like a physical illness. Again, not every time. Sometimes what we're seeing in the physical is actually connected to what's happening in the spiritual. Um, it, it can look like emotional uh, things that rise up. Anger, rage, sadness, depression, fear, Panic attacks. Something could be going on. Irritation in corporate worship. You sense this agitation rising up in you during corporate worship. And I'm not talking about, oh, I hate it when Jeff sings that song the way that was. I wish he'd sing it the right way. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. It's probably another issue, but that's, I'm not. I'm, talk, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, that it just, it's like, oh man, there's just something that just, oh, just gets at me when we're worshiping. Um, the inability to comprehend scripture. In some cases, even when you open the, open the Bible and, and the words just seem blurry. Or I just, I, I, don't, I can't get this. Sometimes something's going on. Um, a lack of boundaries when it comes to sexuality. Night terrors, nightmares. Waking up in the middle of the night and sensing a dark presence in the room. This pressure on your chest. Um, sometimes it's hearing, actually hearing voices. Now, not every time does that mean that there's something going on with an unclean spirit. Sometimes it's a physical issue or a psychological issue, but sometimes it's, it's a spiritual issue. So we need discernment. Sometimes it's when, you, when your healing prayer is ineffective. It's because there's, there's something blocking that healing prayer from taking place. So how it happens Voluntarily, sometimes we're the ones that open the door. Sometimes it's involuntary. Sometimes it's something done to you, or it could be generational. This is, I just give you some symptoms of what it might look like, but what I want to do is spend the, the rest of my time on, okay, how, if, if this is going, maybe you saw that list and you go, oh man, I, yeah, I, I did that. Well, how do we find our pathway to freedom? How do we, is there a practical way that we can pursue freedom? And what I want to give you is a friend of mine who was a missionary in the Middle East gave me this, so it's not original to me, and called it the three R's because each step begins with an R. And this is something that you can do on your own. In fact, here's the deal. I think every one of us needs to do this. 
Rarely do I say, everyone needs to do this. But on this, I think we all need to do this. I have done this. I'll continue to do this. And I would say, you, you need to do this. Uh, just for your own spiritual health. It begins, the first R is remember. What we're doing here is we're asking Holy Spirit to bring to mind certain events or things in our life that we, that we need to deal with. And, and I'll just walk through some of the things that we need to remember. Uh, the first one is we were listing traumatic events where you question God's goodness. You buried a child. Your dad died. He was young. You lost your job. You got into fighting. But you, because of it, you, you ended up being homeless for a while. And you question, God, where are you? That, that'd be something you, you want to list out. And a second thing. Uh, list habitual sin and or questionable activities. There's this pattern. Now, by the way, I'm gonna walk you through these three R's and then I'm gonna give an example from my own life of how I've walked through them. So we'll kind of put it together, uh, put it together I'll give you an example of, of how this can happen. So we're listing habitual sin, uh, other questionable activities. The third thing we'll do is listing any involvement with the occult. Uh, that's in any, like maybe a Satanist group or any kind of at attempt to contact the spirit world. Uh, fourth thing that you want to list is list anything that seems generational. We kind of already talked about that. And the fourth thing is listing attitudes or emotions that control you. Now we're going to leave that up here for a moment because I, here's the thing. Some of us, we can, we can go through this on our own. That's no big deal. But for others, going through the remembering part, this is a very painful exercise, and you don't want to rush this. And in some cases, you want to find someone who's a little bit farther along in the journey than you that could, could help you walk through this. So um, sometimes this is good to do in community. But we're listing these things out, and we'll probably take most of our time remembering, and then we'll move to, we get remembered, and we're going to move to, to renouncing. We're going to renounce. Now, that, that, that's, not a very, that's not a word that we use very often, so let's make sure we understand it. A definition for us, renouncing is not prayer. It is a declaration or command to the enemy. It is saying no to the enemy. This is not, this is not like, a, like a, okay, dear Jesus, I'm not, no, 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 this, this is, you're making an out, out loud command, a declaration. And what we're doing here is found in James chapter four, verse seven, where it says, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're remembering this stuff because maybe the enemy has gotten access to the crawl space and the house stinks. And what we wanna do is we wanna take all that, all that junk from underneath the house so that it no longer has, it's no longer a foothold or a stronghold in our life, so that the aroma of Christ can fill our lives. So we're gonna resist the devil, we're gonna be very specific, and we're gonna deal with each and every one of these issues that God has called to mind for us, and we're gonna, we're gonna do them one by one, and we're gonna renounce them, and here's what it sounds like to make this declaration. We're saying, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I renounce the enemy using this, whatever it is, you have, the first thing on your list. Re, I renounce the enemy using, name what you've listed, as a gateway into my life. I renounce your using it as a reason for staying. You, you gotta go. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his child. And he lives in my heart by his Holy Spirit. So you may not use, we name it, you may not use it as grounds for involvement in my life any longer. We're walking in authority. I command you in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to lead me and to go where Jesus sends you. Now, I'm gonna put this all together for I'm gonna give an example of this, but we're remembering, we're remembering because what we wanna do is we wanna pull the carcasses out of the basement. We wanna get the stink out of the house because the enemy loves to stink. 
And he'd love to make life unlivable for you, painful for you. So we're gonna, we're gonna renounce. And after we've remembered and renounced, then we go to reclaiming. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna clean the crawl space out. We're gonna say, now this, this now belongs to Jesus. And here's what that can look like. Again, a prayer. And it's, it, James 4, 7 and 8, this is what we're doing. Humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. You're not alone. We're resisting him. As we resist him, God comes right alongside, and he's there, and he's drawing near. And so we'll pray something like this in our in this, in the, in reclaiming. I give this whole area of my life to you. I give it to you. I love you, and I want to belong to you, body, soul, and spirit. I want you to be Lord in this area of my life. I cannot handle it, but you can. So I give it to you. We're hauling the stink out of the house and we're giving that space. We're, we're giving our lives to Christ. We want him, we're surrendering. We want him to own us. Now, let me just put that all together and just show you practically how that has worked in my life. I actually, not, not so long ago, asked, asked the Lord as I was prepping this talk, okay, Lord, help me remember, is there any access point in my life that I need to deal with? And immediately as I prayed that, I had a story, a memory come to my mind. I was six years old. I was in the first grade, first, first grade and I was in Hong Kong, and I was waiting for my dad to pick me up. Uh, my brother and I were at the ferry terminal there in Hong Kong, and we're waiting there, and my brother and I noticed there's a street vendor right there at the street, and he's selling ice cream and snacks and stuff, and, and on a little stick, as we walk over and check it out, on a stick on the end of his, his, his vendor cart, he's got some stickers, they're smiley face stickers. And something inside of me said, Steve, you must have the smiley face stickers. And I, began, I, I wanted these smiley face stickers so badly. When he turned his head to serve a customer, I reached up and grabbed them and stuck them in my pocket. I stole them. And then, my, I, I was putting smiley face stickers everywhere. everywhere. My parents were like, where'd you get the smiley face stickers? And like, oh yeah, I, I bought them. And, and it begins to grow. You ever notice that? Ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's just some smiley face stickers. But before long, then we're lying about it. And we're covering up, and the guilt and the shame gets added on, and a foothold is growing into a stronghold. And that God brought that memory to my mind. And not only that memory, in middle school, I was I had this memory in middle school, I was at a restaurant with my friends at boarding school. And we're in this restaurant, and I'm sitting at the dinner table, and this thought comes to my mind. Steve, what you should do is you should collect silverware from every restaurant that you eat at. So I'm in the sixth grade. I'm at this restaurant, it's called, I know the name. It's Eden's Restaurant. And I take a spoon, a fork, and a knife, and I stick it in my pocket, and I go home, and I tell my friends back at boarding school what I did and what I'm going to do. Someone tells a teacher, and the next day, they say, hey, we're going down to Eden Restaurant, and you're gonna have a conversation with the, with the restaurant manager, and you're gonna give that, 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 that spoon, fork, and knife back. And so we drove back down there, and uh, it, was, it was hard to walk back in there and, and admit this to the restaurant manager. God quickly brought those two stories to my mind. So, so what I, what I want to do is I just, I'll just take the first one, the smiley face sticker stuff, okay? I remembered it. I did the first star. Now I'm going to move to renouncing, and here's what it could look like to renounce something uh, like that. It says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I renounce the enemy using my theft, the smiley face sticker. So let me just hit the pause button there. Because some of you are like, really? I mean, smiley face stickers, it's not that big of a deal. 
It's exactly how the enemy gets access. You're not going to hurt anyone. No one's going to know. It's not that big of a deal. And, but the plan, the full-fledged plan is, he's going to take something really small. He's going to open it very wide. He's going to stink up the house. So you have to pay attention to everything that Holy Spirit brings to mind. So that's why we deal with smiley face stickers. I renounce the enemy using my theft of smiley face stickers as a gateway into my life. I renounce your using it as a reason for staying. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his child, and he lives in my heart by his Holy Spirit. So you may not use my stealing of stickers as grounds for involvement in my life any longer. I renounce you. I command you in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave me and go to where Jesus sends you. And then we go to reclaiming. I give this whole area of theft to you. Now let me just pause there. It's kind of a big word, Steve. I mean, theft is just some stickers. No, it's theft. And an issue like that, it starts out small. You start with stickers. Before long, it, 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 it can grow. So I'm gonna call it what it is. I'm not gonna say, I renounce you. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, Jesus. Just some stickers, and they were only like a nickel, and, but I, I just wanna come clean. No, 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 it's theft. Stealing. And serious damage can come from that. So we're gonna call it what it is. I give this whole area of theft to you. I give it to you. I love you and I wanna belong to you, body, soul, and spirit. I want you to be Lord in this area of my life. I cannot handle it, but you can. So I give it to you. I've remembered, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind any, any way that the skunk family can move in. All right, now I'm gonna renounce it. I'm gonna seek Christ's forgiveness. I'm gonna renounce it. I want nothing to do with it. And then I'm gonna move and I'm gonna say, okay, Jesus, I'm giving this all to you. And by the way, on this issue, um, I could easily get back to doing what I was doing before, so I need you, I need your power, and so I just give this to you. And the reason that any of that, and it's not, the words are not critical, it's the sincerity of heart. But the reason that we can even experience freedom is because Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for it. Galatians chapter three, cursed is any man who is hung on a tree. Jesus Christ took all the consequences, all the penalty for our sin. He took every curse that's been spoken against us by, by people or by the enemy himself and he paid the price so that that curse can be broken and so that blessing can be unleashed in our life. And so because of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross, we can have freedom and he's not only given us power, he's given us authority. And authority is actually more powerful than power. Authority is power. Let me just wrap up by just explaining that because we're gonna talk about that next week, about authority and walking in authority. Growing up in Hong Kong, uh, when I was a kid in Hong Kong, six million people in a very condensed city, um, they didn't have traffic lights on streets. So um, you, you can imagine these major intersections where you got trucks and cars and double-decker buses coming and, and there's no traffic lights. It sounds like a recipe for disaster. But what happened is there'd be someone standing in the intersection in a uniform, white gloves, and a whistle when I was a kid, and a double-decker bus could be barreling down the street and get to the intersection, and this person would blow their whistle, hold out their hand, and that bus, which could just flatten that person in the, in the middle of the street, that police officer, that bus, which is more powerful than that man with his you know, uniform and white gloves and a whistle, that bus will stop. In fact, that bus will stay there until that person gives it permission to go through the intersection. That bus is way more powerful 
That bus could do all kinds of damage. Friends, the enemy is more powerful than us, but not more powerful than Jesus. And Jesus has given us his authority. He said, I want you to go and I want you to preach the good news of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to heal the sick and I want you to cast out demons. He's given us his authority. So we need to learn how to walk in it. So when it comes to remembering, renouncing, and reclaiming, what we're doing is we are walking in authority. And it's Christ's power being expressed, his authority being expressed through us that allows us and enables us to stand in the invisible war. Again, we'll talk more about that next week, but let's just, let's just pause and bow our heads and close our eyes and let's just process for a moment what Jesus has been saying to us. And you can begin a conversation with him by simply saying something like, Jesus, what, what, are, you, what are you saying to me? Pay attention to a prompt. Could be a picture comes to mind, could be a scripture. Jesus, what are you saying? It could be something about you, it could be something about me. Could be a step you're asking me to take. Jesus, what, what are you saying? For some of us in the room, as we think about our past, we may be going to places of condemnation. And what Jesus is saying to you is there, there, there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't listen to the mean voice. Listen to the voice of your heavenly dad. He's a good dad. He wants to lift shame off of you. couple of you in the room who were in a pretty significant event in your past and you're living with this weight of feeling like you're disqualified I've got good news for you that abortion doesn't disqualify you that crime does not disqualify you bless bless your people with healing healing of the mind healing of the heart healing of the body thank you that you've made it possible thank you for your faithfulness your word tells us that a smoldering wick you will not snuff out a bruised reed you will not break bring our pain to you we, we bring the bruises to you we bring the areas of our life where it feels like it's on its last leg and we ask Jesus that you would bring healing that you would speak words of life over us we thank you that Lord that, that just saying the name Jesus drives back the evil one may we be a Christ centered Jesus 
people. May we be a people who are, who are so in love with the Messiah, our Christ. May the gates, may the gates of darkness, the gates of hell be pushed back, not only in our lives, but in our city. Thank you, Jesus. You are so impressive. And we pray this now in your name. Amen. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.